headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Ariana is with us in Portland, Oregon to start off this hour. Hi, Ariana. How are you? Good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? I am trying to figure out how I can get my husband on the same page with his out-of-control spending so that we can have an emergency fund to fall on and pay off some of our debts that we have. Hmm. Well, what is this out-of-control spending? What do you mean? My husband spends over $1,000 a month just on phone games. Oh. Phone games? Like Candy Crush? Yeah, on his iPhone. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's, um, I found it out by looking at our statements. Yeah. When you say that out loud, does it sound as crazy to you as it does to me? Yes. Like this it's is, this a, is, this is like illness level. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, last year. He's, I'm sorry. You cut out, honey. What'd you say? Uh Oh, thousand. You're cutting in and out. You, he spent what? Oh. 14,000 last year. Yeah. And yes. what's, what's your household income? Apparently your phone has not been paid. Um, <laughs> I can't, oh, you're back we're, we're losing most of your phone here. So, okay. So uh, what is your household income? $83,000. Okay. Are you somewhere where you can walk and get a better signal? Maybe. Um, cause you were losing you about every third word. All right. $85,000. How old is your husband? 29. Okay. All right. Um, I have a question. We have a four year old daughter. I, I have a question. It's just what I'm wondering. Something tells me this is not the only thing he's overspending on. What else is he spending crazy money on? Um, his car. His, his what? His car. His car. Car. What's that? Yeah. He has a, a 91 Volkswagen. Yeah. Okay. Which, yeah, that just, that just screams money right there. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And I am the one that pays the bills. Yeah. And I pinch money wherever I can. Yeah. Okay. So um, that we can get those paid. You, you're, you, you guys need to see, you need to get some professional help. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, mm-hmm. because this is not a hundred dollars, uh, and he makes two hundred thousand, and it's over a thousand. I, I know, I know. It's fourteen thousand a year, and the money we're spending on the car too. So there's something. I, I'm sure you're aware of this, or maybe you haven't heard. But in, in dealing with our phones, what we are now discovering is that a lot of the things, the games and the games have actually have them. They've carefully designed the games to create a dopamine hit to cause you to come back again and again and again. They designed these games to be addictive. If you're not aware of that, that's it's very true. Yeah. Okay, It's also true of, for instance, the way the videos now work on slot machines. They have okay. carefully designed those 
to be addictive. And uh, so your husband is involved in an addictive behavior loop because if you just say what he's doing out loud, everyone that hears it except him thinks cray-cray. Yes. They think he's nuts. I know. Okay. And so this is not a money problem. This is you have a husband that is addicted problem. Now, what do you do yes. with that? If your husband was doing cocaine, if your husband was doing pornography, if your husband was doing some other form of addiction, what would you do? Well, you would demand that he get some help, and you would begin to see someone to build language and a narrative to talk to him in such a way that he starts to understand that he's destroying himself and his family with this behavior. Yes, because so, I feel like at this point I'm talking at him. At this point what? It feels like I'm talking at him. Oh, yeah, you are. You're talking to an yeah. addict. I just feel like I'm nagging. He's glazed over. You're talking to him when he's drunk. Yeah. Mm. You can't talk to a drunk. Right. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. And so, but you, what you do need to do is sit down with someone that can give you some language that says, okay, this is terrifying me. I have a baby and I feel like I am in the house with a cocaine addict. Right. Because you are exhibiting the exact same behaviors as a cocaine addict. Yes, and he just spent 700 in the last three days. Yeah. Oh, so it's getting worse. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've established he's out of control. We don't need yeah. any more. We don't need any more evidence. That's established. Does he think that there's a problem at all, or when you bring it up, is he like, no, this is fine, This is, there's no well, problem here? He's told me twice that he was going to disconnect the car from his phone, but then that did not happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I promise you I'm not going to get drunk anymore, but I am hanging out in the bar. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we do have a car payment every month, and with what he spent last year, we could have paid off the full balance of what we owe left. Yeah, yeah. but we the, the car payment is not your problem. The right. problem is your, your husband is an addict. Yes. And you need to start and treating this situation like your hair is on fire. Okay. With lots of urgency. Mm -hmm. And so are okay. you guys by chance in a good church? Um, no, we're not. Who but... is in his life that can talk to him, that will listen to him? It's not you. It's definitely not me. Um, I have, I think that we'd have to hire somebody yeah. that doesn't know us because he doesn't have a father figure yeah. or a mother yeah. that he'll listen to. So you, you need to you need to say, honey, I'm going to marriage counseling because I'm afraid our marriage is going to end because I'm terrified that I'm married to an addict. You are completely right. out of control. I'm going to go see a marriage counselor to try to save our marriage. I hope you'll come. Okay. And set an appointment and go. Okay. Regardless whether of whether not. he goes or not, you go without him. Okay. And have that person start to teach you how to speak to an addict to give you any possibility of getting through mm. the fog of this into his brain. And he remembers that he's a husband and a father more than he is a game player right. on a freaking iPhone. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think he justifies it because he works so much. I don't care we how don't much he works. Finances. It doesn't mean you don't, you, just because you work a lot doesn't mean you get to do cocaine. Hmm.
<laughs> Sorry, that's not how this works. I think his not phone... not a trade-off here. I think if I were in her shoes, his phone would suddenly go missing tonight. You think it would just look at you? It's almost like it ended up in the river and no one knows you know, how it got there. I have no idea where it is. You know, after I dropped it out of the car doing 95, I have no idea what happened to that phone. Exactly. It's somewhere between one of those mile markers <laughs> back <know> there. <laughs> I know I have that's no right. no idea. But he'll have another one by morning if he's not well. That's true. This is The Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Josh is in Indianapolis. Hey, Josh, how are you? Good, Mr. Ramsey. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. What's up? So my wife and I are planning on making a baby soon, and question is, how much money should we have saved up for our future before doing that? Well, at the very least, I would say if you're on the baby steps, whatever baby step that you're on, I would pause that. And then whatever money that you can stack up, stack up as much money as you possibly can. And then once the baby is born, you can take that money and throw it on whatever baby step you're on. What baby step are you on? Well, so we have no debt. We're I'm 21. She's 20. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been married. We've been married for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have 8,500 in a cash emergency fund. So that's about three months of our uh, fixed expenses. And okay. then beyond that, we have just about seven grand in the bank um, and two paid off used cars. What's the other seven grand for? What was that earmarked for? Well, so we have that sort of earmarked in three different buckets. We have a birthing fund. We are going to have a fully funded birthing fund uh, of about 5000 That's the goal. Is that um, like your deductible? Tw- um, so we're planning on doing sort of a at-home birth, which uh, some of it will be covered, not all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's that. Uh, so we have, we have that bucket. We have a uh, beginning of a uh, Roth IRA. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's another bucket. And then we have a uh, down payment for a house bucket. Josh, so few, few, humans, few humans in the history of mankind are as ready to have a child financially as you are. Is she even pregnant yet? <laughs> no, no. Okay. We're, we, we were thinking, we have, so Dave, I have, we have a, we had a plan that I got okayed by both the dads, my dad and her dad. Okay. I wanted to see if Uncle Dave would approve of this plan and if you would make any tweaks to it. I would make some tweaks. So, the, the the prerequisites financially was uh, it's a total of twenty eight grand, uh, fifteen grand in house 
10 investments, uh, savings, uh, five grand for a birthing fund, and then the 8,500 uh, emergency fund. Let me make some tweaks. Do you mind? Yeah, go for it. All right. So you're, she's not pregnant yet. So let's no, no. let's wait until she's pregnant to pause. But you've got money laying around here. So I like the 8,500. That's your three months. Um, is she planning on working after the baby is born? Yeah, she'll have six weeks PTO. We have a uh, grandma and a mom on her side. They're both sort of on our way to work. We, okay, so she does plan on going together. back to work. She does, yeah. Okay, so you've got the $7,000 here. Uh, whether or not you want to keep that for your home down payment fund, I actually think that's the best place for it. You mentioned that some of it was supposed to go into a Roth IRA. Yeah, uh, I've been in talks with SmartVestor Pro people and Edward Jones uh, interviewing all sorts of people, trying to see who could manage the money the best. Okay. Um, the minimum, it seems to be, is 5000 to get it into one of these at least uh, guided account management you know, accounts. So that's kind of the goal there. So your and goal is to save for Baby Step 3B and do Baby Step 4, investing 15% at the same, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're saving for a down payment and would like to start investing. And okay. Sort of, and then also, you know, how much money just in general should we have playing around before uh, putting a kid in this world? Yeah. yeah. I, you're good. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I mean, once she gets pregnant, I like that you have some of this money set aside for baby step 3B and investing. And if you wanted to save up your deductible once she gets pregnant, I'm not mad at that either. Dustin's in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hi, Dustin. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. Um, yeah, so uh, about six years ago, I received some uh, company stock on loan uh, that I would be able to pay off in the next in the, the previous six years, and it's coming due. And I'm 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 a little bit unsure if I should uh, have the have them take the stock back or if I should pay off the loan. That's a very unusual transaction. Are you sure you don't have options to buy the stock? Well, I was given options to buy the stock uh, probably about 11 years ago, and then at the end of those, those, those it expired in five years. And at the end of the five years, I said, I don't have $30,000, but I'd love to be a member or a, a part owner of the company at that, at that time. So you borrowed so we $30,000 from who? From the company. Oh. Oh. Who own, do you, you're, well, no, you're obviously not the owner of the company. Okay. Uh, oh, definitely. Um, I mean, can you not sell the stock? It's, it's privately owned. It's, uh, yeah. So I, I can't go. So if you, it, have you know. been paying payments or interest on the 30,000? Yeah, I've been paying, uh, about $600 a year. What happens interest. if you give up the stock to the money you've paid in? Um, they just, just, they just keep it, take it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're going to lose money on the transaction. Uh, yeah, they, I've, I've gone back and talked to them. They said, well, maybe this and maybe that, maybe they'll, you know, give me stock to the, the amount of the interest I've paid, but nothing's definite at this point. How much has the stock grown since you've borrowed to get it? Um, it has gone up from um, $0.66 cents a stock to $2.20 a share. But you can't do anything with it because it's privately held and it's restricted. Right. So it has no value at all to you except the cash that it creates 
Have they been paying you dividends out on it while you were the owner of it, borrowed against? Uh, no, no dividends. Has it paid dividends to the other stockholders? Uh, no, not that I know of. Okay, I'm turning it in. Yeah. Here, here's the situation. You have zero control over this, whether it makes money or doesn't make money. You can't sell it ever except back to the company. It's a restricted, privately held company. It does not have a a public exchange to it. Um, And and you have absolutely no control over its value, none whatsoever. So I, you know, if they want to give me some stock, oh, sure, I'll take that. I mean, a free gift of anything I'll just about take, as long as it's moral. But the, uh, um, but the, but investing in this, you're a minority shareholder. You have zero power to tell anybody what to do with anything. You're at their mercy, at the mercy of the handful of people that make the decision whether this goes up in value due to the way we run the company and make the decision as to whether there's any dividend distribution or not. And so um, I, I don't want to own any of that personally. So, uh, And I'm certainly not going to pay for the opportunity to sort of own it by borrowing it. No, I think we'll just let them have it back, man. That's what I would do. I have a question about this. What did he, because <laughs> based on everything you're saying, this sounds horrible. What did he think he was getting? Because if if he buys it, let's let's pretend he didn't borrow the money. Let's just say he bought into it and there's no dividends paying out. There's no, what did he think he was going to get? Well, the company, um, they set the stock price. Mm-hmm. It's not set by the marketplace right. because there is no marketplace right. for it. Because it's not publicly. And so what you, and when you own a, a company that's privately held, uh, you, you, you think the company is going to be successful. And so the value of the stock, the stated value went from 66 cents to $2, $2. or something. Mm-hmm. So if he had actually owned it and could sell it for the triple, it mm-hmm. went up triple, 30000 would have become 90000 Right. But, but, he, but he has to have a place to sell it. And they... That's my you know, question. And if you get ready to sell it, you can't sell it on your schedule. You have to sell it on when they're willing to buy it back. And do so. They got to give him. They got to be willing to hand him ninety thousand dollars to take his ownership portion away from him, which is the stock. So it's just it. it you don't have um, any flexibility with this, right? And let's say he wanted to leave the company, but he had all this company stock. They would be buy him out. They would buy him out. So they point. would have to at yeah. that point pony up the yeah. ninety because 000. they're not going to let a non-employee be walking around with this privately held stock in most cases, anyway. Yeah. It depends on, I don't know his exact situation, but mm-hmm. that's most of those things are very, it's tightly, closely held. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it. Privately held, closely held. And so um, what he was hoping was to ride the value up as the value of the, as the company becomes more successful and cash out someday. Someday. And, but, but the day you don't have control over is the problem. And you don't have control over how much it goes up in value because the company could actually grow a lot and the stock price not go up. That could happen. Interesting. This is The Ramsey Show. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. 
They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at ChurchillMortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. Thanks for joining us, America. This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. If you're joining us live from anywhere in America, you're joining us on Halloween. Boo. The National Retail Federation believes Americans will continue spending this holiday season despite inflation, and uh, they have proven it. Halloween alone is expected to reel in $12.2 billion dollars. With the average participant spending $108.24, this marks the a $2 billion jump compared to last year for Halloween. Frightening. $2 billion. That is frightening. Boo. Americans are expected to spend $4.1 billion on costumes alone. Wow. Pet costumes have become a recent trend that retailers are capitalizing on. Pet owners are expected to spend around $700 million on dressing up their pets. I'm, I'm a gas. <laughs> I, I just, know. I can't get my. It's, it's not I'm, good. It's a catastrophe. Oh, what do you think about that? Oh, 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 oh. Guys oh, in the booth like that one. Oh, catastrophe. What a boom. Okay. <laughs> That's why you get the big bucks. Well, here's the thing. It says there are countries with lower GDPs than 12.2 billion. So we spend more on Halloween than some countries even spend to just be there. Yeah. Listen, I, <laughs> wow. I, I, I'm not buying my pet a costume. If you want to buy your pet a costume, that's okay. But let me tell you what you shouldn't be doing. Okay. You should not be buying your pet or yourself a costume if you're whining about student loan forgiveness. Uh oh. You should not be buying your pet or yourself a costume if you've not been generous and given more than that amount away. Mm-hmm. To someone, a human being that's in need, like a hungry child, wow. versus your Shih Tzu with a tutu. I'm glad you said Shih Tzu. I'm just saying, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's okay if you want to dress your pet up, but if your generosity factor is lower than your personal costume combined with your pet costume, you have issues. If you're broke and you're kid is taking out a student loan because you don't have any money and they're going to college but your labrador retriever or worse your golden doodle is <laughs> all doodled up yeah then i mean again it, it's not the, the issue is not actually the actual spending the issue is what you're not doing while you're spending that's this. right yeah that would drive that's that's you know, in a country where all we hear about is, oh, oh yeah. all this drama about how house prices are so high. You boomers don't understand. You mm-hmm. were able to buy a house for $13, and I, you don't understand. You're, you're right. We don't understand while you're dressing up your golden doodle for Halloween. We don't understand. You're <laughs> right. right. We, we think you're nuts. That's true. Look, where I come from, if you had a roll of foil... And the old, like a couple of old toilet paper rolls, you can make a costume. Well, I'm, hey, I like a party. 
And, you know, I'm pretty much into candy and free candy coming from other people. I like the program. The program is a good program. I like the program. But if inflation is your problem, if you're worried about living paycheck to paycheck. You can't sit around and whine about wealth inequality when we spent $4.1 billion on costumes. But Americans are, the poor's getting poorer and the rich is getting richer. And, oh, my God. You, know, you just can't have these both these things coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. It makes you look stupid. Yeah. It makes you look as stupid as you are when you do that stuff. So it's okay. Celebrate Halloween. Celebrate Christmas. Celebrate your pets. Spend money on your pets. I don't care. But then don't tell me that there's hungry children in your neighborhood mm. or within 25 miles of where you're sitting right now and you haven't done something about feeding them. That's very good. That's dude. just wrong. I mean, we live in the wealthiest nation the world has ever known in terms of total dollars. And and we prove it with this these kinds of numbers. That's and right. So I, I really am not the Grinch. I'm not against Christmas and I guess the Grinch was probably for Halloween. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know his exact stance on the Halloween. Grinch. I haven't checked the Grinch on Halloween, but he's probably Google. pro Halloween. Yeah, he's probably pro Halloween. But um, you know, either way, I'm not. I'm not against all this. I don't. Yeah. Not against fun. I like fun. Fun's a good thing. But you shouldn't do it at the expense of the things that should be a priority. Yeah. And you can't do it while you're whining and complaining about about the world coming yeah. to an end because it's so unfair out there. While I'm running around chasing my own stupid tail. And you certainly shouldn't be putting it on credit cards because I know some of y'all went over to Home Depot and those big giant skeletons that I see in everybody's yard and those tombstones, they're giant. They're amazing, but they're like 500 bucks a pop. Yeah. My, my grandkids saw that the other day. Papa Dave, you got to get one of those. I didn't, but they told me I got to get one. Papa Dave, you didn't get one. Papa Dave didn't get one. So Um, it's just, it's not that I, I, you know, I'm not against large skeletons. I'm perfectly good. If you're a large skeleton. You're on my team. I'm just saying. I'm 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 for you. I'm for the large skeleton the the large skeleton union and they <laughs> we're, we're in good shape. I'm, I'm I support the union. Oh, but boy. the uh, oh my gosh, y'all. Seriously. 12.2 billion. billion. It's a lot. That's wow. a thousand million. A billion it says it's record spending. Million. Oh, it is record spending. In one of the worst wow. economies. I mean, the economy this time last year was Boomtown compared That's right. to right now. Well, you know what? That's an interesting thing, Dave, because you ever go out to dinner and it's like a Tuesday night and it's not. You can't it's get in a full. restaurant. It's totally restaurant. full. Can't get in a restaurant. Right now. I'm like, is this a myth? Because when I go to Home Depot, people are buying the skeletons. And when I go to dinner, it's packed full in there. It's the uh, it's the Walmart measure of the economy. If the economy is horrible, but the Walmart parking lot is full, something's wrong with your measure. Ooh. You know, so. um because, you know, Walmart customers are not usually known as the same customer as Nordstrom. That's you know? true. So if the Walmart people are out there spending, uh, that tells you the economy is probably not as bad as somebody's saying it is. So I, I, I think the economy is very slow right now. I think it's very yeah. sluggish. It is sluggish. We've got these ridiculous high interest rates on uh, houses right now. Um, so let's uh, dress up like a kid and have a party. Yeah. I guess that's the plan. It's kind of like during uh, the Fauci pandemic when the uh, booze sales. Oh, yeah. They went through the roof. Wine and booze sales went through the roof. The Mm -hmm. liquor stores racked up. I mean, very few people made more during the Fauci pandemic uh, than the liquor stores, except the plexiglass people. Well, it really goes to show that. The plexiglass people cashed in now. 
people will figure out a way to cope with whatever it is. Obviously, in COVID, people did wine and beers yeah, and things like that. That's what it is. We traded one mask for another. Yeah. Oh, whoa. That's okay. That's what it is. That's profound, Dave. Who knew? So we got used to covering our faces. That's what it is. That's okay. profound. I and like so, it. You know, so increase of $2 billion in Halloween spending this year. Interesting rent. Interesting it discussion. Interesting. It just, you know, the thing is, all we want you to do on all of these things is think. I know it's a strain, but put down your phone and think. Think. Because if you in one breath are saying how horrible the world is and in another breath are spending $800 for a giant skeleton in your front yard, something's off in your little deal right there, baby. Mm -hmm. You, You need to think. You need to think this through. And so taking care of your kids, taking care of your adult responsibilities and having a party can all happen at the same time. Mm -hmm. There is not a problem with that. Got no issue with that at all, Mm -hmm. but you can't just, you can't have it both ways. Not, not and look intelligent. I mean, you look, you look foolish when you try to do it both ways. You just, it doesn't play through for you. So consumers will be shopping early for festive decor and other related items. Retailers are prepared with the inventory to help customers and their families take part in this popular and fun devil worship. I mean, tradition. (laughs) You sounded like my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. It made it too easy. It's an underhand pitch. It was. Yeah. This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Kyle is in Nashville. Hi, Kyle. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. It's an honor to talk to you. You too, man. What's up? So I have two questions today. One is a little bit more straightforward. The other one probably a little bit more complex. So uh, the short one is, so I'm 29. I have a seventh-month-old baby, and I have another baby coming in May. Yay! Which is very exciting, yes. But with that, I'm struggling to figure out, given that and also being an entrepreneur, like, should I, I feel like I should have more than six months emergency fund saved. So I'm trying to figure out what's the right number there. And I'm kind of feeling like no matter where I get it to, I feel like it's not enough. So I'm curious. Why, what what event in your mind could occur or would occur that would require more than six months of your expenses to be covered? You know, as an entrepreneur, I feel like I'm always thinking worst case scenario. So I'm like, if there's a big recession or who knows if all of our business goes What is the likelihood you're going to go six months with zero income? 
probably pretty unlikely. Yeah. Like, because as an entrepreneur, you would like get a job. True. Before that happened, right? Yes, sir. Or you start, you close that business, start another one. I don't know. But I've never, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've never gone six months without an income. I've never gone a month without an income. Yeah. And I've been through some pretty catastrophic bull crap, but I still didn't go without an income. What do you do? What's your self-employed work? What do you do? Uh, I have a video production firm. Does your does your business have savings? It does. We have we try to keep three months of uh, runway on hand in cash. Yeah, then I think you're good. I think if you have your six months. How old are you? I am twenty nine. Twenty nine with a seven month old and a baby on the way. Yes. Sir. You know what you are? You're a good dad. That's <laughs> oh, what you I are. Try. No, you're sure. a good dad. That's why you're thinking about this. Because you're concerned about taking care of your babies. Mm-hmm. That's what's making you yep. think about this. So, But your math is is fine. But the okay. fact that you're worried about this, just me, all that means, it doesn't mean your system's broken. All that means is, is you're a good man. You just looked around and went, I've got responsibilities and I need to act like it. Mm-hmm. So yes, you're good. So, you're good. Okay. Awesome. And so with that, if I have extra in my current emergency fund, should I reallocate that towards something else, put it into investments, put it on the mortgage, or just it's not? It's not going to kill you. What kills you is the concept. Okay, let's say you had seven months instead of six months, and you didn't reallocate it. That's not going to keep you from becoming a millionaire. You understand? But yes, continually sir. adding to that and looking up, and there's a hundred and seven thousand dollars in there mm-hmm. because you continually haven't dealt intellectually with this emotional concern. Then yeah, then then you've gotten yourself over into stupid land at that point, right? Yes. Well, I feel like uh, I am in stupid land because that's exactly how much I have in my emergency <gasps> fund right now. One hundred and seven thousand. I have in a high yield account, but yeah, I'm like, uh, hold on, that's hold on. Oh wow! I, in what planet is a hundred thousand dollars six months of your expenses? Uh, it's not. We. I was. I was shooting for a year, and I justified it by saying, hey, well, I'm self-employed. My wife's only working part-time now, so I should have more than the normal person. So on what planet is 50000 six months of expenses? You have $10,000 a month of expenses? Well, that kind of leads into my next question on oh, whether or not my wife and I need to downsize our house. But How uh, much is your house payment? Say, house payment is 4200 Okay. okay, what's your household? In, or, yeah, okay, then 50000 would be there. Okay. Huh. All right. Yep, and so with that... What do you make a year? So uh, with bonuses, uh, take-home is between like 300 No, and honey, you own the company. What's your taxable income? That's it. It's what? So my, my personal take-home pay combined with my wife, um, like what... Our take home after taxes is three hundred to three fifty a year. Way to go! Okay, all right. Then I, I you know, maybe a hundred is not too much. If if a hundred represents six months of expenses, and you have forty eight thousand is, well, that's annualized. No, you have twenty four thousand is your house payment for six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fifty or sixty grand is probably enough. Yeah, that the point is, you can't keep doing what you're doing, and at, you can't make a hundred into two hundred. In a 300, into 400 in savings and high, and high yield savings. That doesn't make it smart. High yield savings isn't even keeping up with inflation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you got Biden inflation at 9%, high yield savings paying four or five. 
So you're running backwards on every one of those dollars. Are you investing at all? I am, yes. I've started doing 15%. Yeah, yeah. And you got a house payment. So I'm going to, I'm going to take 40,000 or 30,000 of that. I'm going to decide 60 or 70 is my emergency fund. Anything beyond that, I'm going to throw it at the house and I'm going to start throwing everything at the house from now on beyond mm-hmm. 15% following the baby steps. Exactly. So yeah, your income was a little skewed more yeah. than I thought. For some reason I, I had a more normal income in my yeah. head, but you're making yeah. a lot of money. He's doing good. You're doing He's really doing good. doing so well. Yeah. You're doing really good. But yeah, the, the point is, a, a tiny bit more or less of mm-hmm. something is not what's going to kill you. It's the concept that'll kill you yeah. if you extrapolate it, mm-hmm. you know, and extend it out into the into oblivion. Caroline is with us in Chicago. Hi, Caroline. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? So I am about my lease on my car is going to be up in a couple of months. Yay! And. Uh, and I don't, haven't listened to your show a whole lot. I'm, you've probably covered this, but, um, I'm 64 right around the same time. My lease is up. I will, you know, turn 65, go on Medicare. Um, I'm semi-retired. I have a little business I run out of my home, but so I'm trying to decide I have, this is my fourth lease in a row. What's your net worth? Um, I'm not sure. How much do you have in savings? Um, and re- investments, have, and investments in savings and retirement. I've got about 175 in investments. Mm-hmm. Um, in cash, um, I've probably hang on. Let me look at my stuff here. Mm-hmm. I mean, in cash, I have. Fifty to sixty thousand in mm-hmm. cash. Mm-hmm. You, have, um, you have any other investments? Is, um, like like retirement no, investments or four hundred one k or Roth IRA, something like that. You're not telling me about yet. Yeah, I mean that's part of the one seventy five okay. I've got. Uh, so if know, we cashed if we cashed you out, you're you got two hundred grand. My house is paid off. What's it worth? Um, Three seventy five. Okay. All right. So, Caroline, let me give you a couple of guidelines since you're not a normal listener, okay? Okay. A car lease, we call them car fleeces because they're the most expensive way to operate a vehicle. You basically are borrowing the money at an average of 14% interest. That's what they come. 14.2% is the average capitalization on the American car lease, all right? Okay. And so if you yeah. backed if you backed into the actual interest that you're paying – a back and you can back it out of the numbers if you know how to run the numbers on this that you're going to find you know 10 to 20 percent interest somewhere in there is what you're paying the average nationally is 14.2 so okay. cons- consumer reports many other people have documented that the car lease is the most expensive way to operate a vehicle never lease a car okay rule number okay. two never invest in a brand new vehicle unless you've got a net worth in excess of a million dollars. And the reason is that new vehicles go down faster in value. You lose more money, and you don't have the money to lose. In your case, you don't have the money to lose. You're 65 years old. You've got a paid-for home. You've got $200,000 to your name. You don't have $2 million to your name. And so you don't need to turn a $50,000 car into a $10,000 car over the next six years, which is what's going to happen if you're driving one. 
So buy a one or a two year old used car and pay cash for it for the rest of your life. Unless you inherit some money or get some money and end up with over a million dollar net worth. Do not buy new cars, folks. You can't afford the loss. And, and you certainly can't afford to lease them and get fleeced. It's the most expensive way to operate a vehicle. Drive a one or two year old car, perfectly fine, and pay cash for them. This is the Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Justin is in Houston, Texas. Hi, Justin. How are you? Good afternoon, Dave. Good afternoon, Jade. Are y'all doing good today? We're great. Definitely. How can we help? <laughs> well, um, I'm ca- I'm calling today about my cousin Brandy. Um, when you're no- when you're an only child, your cousins are like your de facto siblings. And my cousin Brandy's only really three weeks younger than me. So we often joke that we're the closest things our families have to twins. Mm. <laughs> we grew up very close, and she has two kids right now: a 13 year old son and a five year old daughter. About two years ago. Um, her son, Brandon, wanted to start making his own money because they live pretty poor. They, he only makes about 18 or 19K a year. And he wanted some money because he wants to go. He's a he's an Astros fan. He wants to go to games. He wants a jersey. And he wants to work and make his own money. And he, bought, he actually hand-wrote letters. And there's his neighborhood next to the apartment they live in. He went around distributing these handwritten letters. Hey, I'll mow your lawn for $40. Give me a call. And he started getting calls. He borrowed my lawnmower for a while, started making his own money. He bought his own and even looked up YouTube videos on how to take care of it, how to oil it and take care of the blades. And I was so proud of them, so proud of them for taking this initiative. Cool. Well, a little while later, the money he had in his drawer from working, his mom took it, saying, well, no, what do you mean? I didn't know you had this much money. We got bills to pay. Mm. And so much so, he started hiding what he was making. Yeah. About a year, about a year ago, he actually had enough saved to buy a riding lawnmower. He bought it from a pawn shop for about nine hundred dollars. Again, I'm thrilled with him. He's looking at YouTube videos, taking care of it, how to maintain it, and he borrowed my flatbed trailer just so we could keep it at the house. So that way, whenever he had a client, I would help him out on the weekends. I would just go over there, hook and book, and so mom is going in there. Out. Mom is going in there and taking his hard earned ten, fifteen bucks. I'm afraid it's worse than that, Jade. How much is he making? About, he, it doesn't he matter. $40. It doesn't matter, yeah, the fact that she's... And, uh, um, about six weeks ago, he came home from school, and the mower's gone. She sold it. Ugh. Saying that, quote, we needed to pay bills. Uh, she sold her $500, and then... So point, she's making, is, she's making like, you said, eighteen or 19000 a year. Is that what you said? Yes. What's why point, do you know he's devastated? He, she works as a hotel desk clerk, but what? it's not at a fancy hotel. It's like one of these mom and pop things on the sure. east side of Houston. And at this point, whenever he comes home, his mower's gone. He's crushed. He's devastated. I go over there because I'm that close to them. I care about them. I want to find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. All she tells me is that we need to pay bills. I need $500. So sorry, I had to tell them. And she's unapologetic about it. And at this point, she, she he's crying right there. His eyes are like cherry. He's devastated. He just stands up, 
walks to her and says, I can't be your son because you're not a mother right now. You're a monster. And stormed off. Wow. And he, he, he might have thrown in a four-letter word or two, which I'm not going to say on radio. <laughs> and at this so point... you're standing I mean, there feel, witnessing all this to this lady who's like your sister, and you said what to her? At this point, I, I was trying to say, why would you steal from him? What are you doing? And she said two things. One, you can't steal from your kid. Everything that is is mine. I needed to do something. That's what was available. I wow. had to do what I had to do. And then the second of all was, and I swear, this is a very small defense for her. That is how we were raised. That's how our moms raised us. And that's how our grandmother raised them was whenever you start working, you pitch in. And there's no age requirement. When I, I got my first job at 15, the first thing my mom wanted to know was, okay, when are you getting paid? Oh, I got, we got this bill to pay. Yeah. And, and we were taught not to question it. So really, I don't know what to, to tell them. I don't know what the quote, Ramsey solution is on kids working, trying to earn their own money. Should they pitch in or is their money theirs? I'm just, I'm a lost word because I don't have kids myself. So I'm a little, I'm a little, I don't really know what to tell her at this point. I, I care more about their relationship. I don't think she cares what you great. think. Yeah, I don't think she does either. And I know she doesn't care part, what I think. I mean, what part she's. Part of her, I, think, I think she blames me for this part because I'm, I'm apparent, she thinks I'm instilling ideas in his head that he doesn't have to pitch in, that he gets to keep all well, the money. Well, like to her, what she's saying is like, w- this has been a generational thing. This is the way she's been raised. It's the way you've been raised. Your grandparents have been raised. And she thinks, it sounds like she thinks that this is right. And like Dave said, I don't think she cares what you think um, at all. Like she thinks that this is the best way to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously I can look at the situation and see many, many things wrong with it. A, she's not earning enough money. She's, it sounds like an able-bodied, healthy woman who could go out and earn more than 18 or $19,000 a year. So it she sounds like she needs to this. apply she herself. This next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Working 40 hours at Target, she could earn more. Yeah. So, um, I mean, run over to run over to Walmart. They're paying twenty bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more than she's making now, mm-hmm. and she could work mm-hmm. sixty hours a week before I take money from my own kid. Mm-hmm. So she has character issues. You can blame it on your family tree if you want to, but just because um, misbehavior is part of your family heritage doesn't mean that it's a good thing. That if doesn't you, make it okay. If anything, I think it would make mm-hmm. you want to do better and do differently for your kids. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. A lot of most of us have something somewhere in our family history that we absolutely don't want repeated. Yeah, down mm-hmm. the down the family tree, right? So uh, that's a character right. character flaw, including stealing from a thirteen year old. Now, if you want to go down the path she's going down uh, philosophically, you can go down that path, but it requires more courage than being a thief. It requires just sitting down with a thirteen year old and go, "Hey, we don't have much money." We want you to pitch in. And so if you if we can, you know, some of the money you make, you ought to pitch in here in the family and demand that of him. You could do that. But that's different than stealing, stealing out of his underwear drawer or selling his lawnmower when he's not home. Yeah. That's cowardly. She did that because mm-hmm. she knows she's wrong. I'd probably bring that yeah. up. If it were if if it were my brother or sister, I'm really trying to put myself in your shoes. If it were my brother or sister and I saw that I think that I would approach it in that way. Like what Dave said, I'd say, look, if you need help around the family, which by the way, you shouldn't, but if you did, why can't you be a grown adult and model what a, what a grown adult conversation would be like and say to him, Hey, this month is tight. Would you mind 
helping out. Or I need you to help out. Or, I need, or I'm going to yeah. make you help out. Right. But at least do that mm-hmm. to his face instead of just scarfing his stuff up, number uh-huh. one. But before all that, I, you know, what would, I, what would I do if I were in your shoes, Justin? Um, it sounds like you have a fairly close relationship to her, and she, it sounds like she has – uh, she, she's off base. And so you need to take her to coffee and say, all right, sis, here's what's going on. You don't make enough money. Your job sucks and you don't work much. You need to work more and you need to get a better job so you don't have to steal from your own kid. And I'll help you do that. I'll coach you along, sis. I'll help you get into Financial Peace University. I'll help you get on a budget. I'll help you start acting like an adult so you're, as an adult, not dependent upon a 13-year-old to, quote, pay bills. You ought to be ashamed of yourself putting your family in that position when you're able-bodied and can make enough to take care of your family instead of scarfing from your family. And so that's me and her having a conversation at coffee. But there's nothing that requires her to do that in the law. And you can't make people do smart stuff. If you could, I'd have been out of business a long time ago. Halloween bump music, huh? All right. The Booth Dudes, ladies and gentlemen, bringing you what's known as production values. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Laura is with us in West Palm Beach, Florida. Hey, Laura, what's up? Hi, uh, I was actually calling because I'm wondering if there's any benefit in taking out a student loan, going back to finish to get my bachelor's degree and increase the money that I'm making, or if that's a poor decision to take on more debt. I think it's a poor decision to take on more debt. There might be benefit in going back to school and finding a way to pay to go back to school, but I don't think that there would be a benefit in taking out student loans in order to do so. What's your bachelor's you're studying? Uh, I was. I, I took a, a break, and I, I haven't gone back in years, but it was for communications. Okay, and how's that going to increase your income? Uh, I mean, most of the jobs that I see are all they want your bachelor's, and it's been very hard to get a job, um, which I've managed to do, but I'm not really enjoying it, um, and it doesn't really pay a whole lot. So I, I Listen, guess I that, 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 that's an absolute mythology. That's just not true. Okay. The idea that you get a generalized degree, like a communications degree, and it automatically qualifies you to make more money is absolutely not true. Okay. Okay. And you know how I know that I've got a thousand people working in this building in a white collar setting. I've got everything from computer programmers, web designers, creatives, production people. I've got lots of people in the communications field. I can't tell you a single one off the top of my head that I pay money to, I'm their boss, Mm -hmm. that I know what their degree is. I don't know if Jade has a degree. No one has ever asked me for my degree, ever. Ever. Wow. Okay. So what happened was somehow they got into an interview and convinced us at Ramsey that they could do the job. And then they got in the building and they actually did the job. The degree was irrelevant. The knowledge to do the job would be relevant. Mm -hmm. But the actual degree keeping someone from getting a great paying job, lots of people in this building make incredible money. And I couldn't tell you a single one of them's degree. Actually, I take that back. I have a on-staff counsel that is our our staff attorney. I do know that he has a law degree. (laughs) Yeah. 
He that one that. I do know, and I actually know where his <laughs> law degree is from, oddly enough. But uh, but I couldn't tell you the other lawyers that we've hired where they went to school even. So um, where you went to school or the fact that you have a degree in, in most fields today does not hold you back. What does hold you back is connectivity to the, the subject yeah. at hand. Like, what is it you want to work in? Do you know enough about it? Do you have enough knowledge base? And connectivity to the people in that building or in that organization that you want to be a part of that lets you have a chance and to go prove yourself. But this idea that there's some kind of vague veil out there that only the people with degrees get behind the veil, yeah, it, that's old-fashioned mythology. And the last time that was true was probably 20 years ago. What what's the sort of job that you're trying to get, Laura? Um, right now, I mean, I'm a writer. I'm in marketing, but uh-huh. I just feel like you know I make fifty k a year now, and I just feel like you know I'm going to be stuck in this you know in that pay range. I don't feel like there's much unless I hop jobs. And Are you any good? To, um, Are you good I'm, at what I've you do? What I've been doing. Are yeah, you good at it? So you are. Yes. Okay. Yes. Are you doing something to get better at it? Yes. What? What are you doing? Um, I'm get getting certifications online, uh-huh. actively researching what's new in the industry. Uh-huh. To me, that's more valuable. That's way more valuable than going back to school. Okay. Okay. Graduates with a degree in communication that come out or a degree in journalism that come out that want to write very seldom make 50K out of the gate. Very few of them first, year, first job out make 50K right now. Communications okay. degree and journalism degree just don't pay that much. Journalism's right. worse. Right. It's absolutely horrid. I almost wonder if the better route for her, it sounds like with what she does, there's probably freelance work that she could do if she wanted to really quickly raise her income. Well, what I would do is also start putting some people around you that are better than you are. Yeah, that's true. And start meeting with them and brainstorming and increasing your skill set in mm-hmm. writing and marketing. Are you doing copywriting? That's one type of marketing. Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, writing ad copy or something that, you know, that's a skill, that's a unique skill set that's very valuable. Yeah. Because when you can do that well, it creates an instant ROI for the people you wrote the ad for. And then you go, oh, she's a studly copywriter. I need her writing this. Yeah. Um, or is she writing digital narratives for marketing campaigns? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? What is the, what is it? What is it? The, because just a, a content person today, there's so much content out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And good quality content delivered in a way that actually communicates is not a skill set that you get from a four-year communications degree. It's a skill set you get from writing a lot mm-hmm. with other high-quality, world-class writers looking over your work and questioning you and measuring the results of your work. And so I'll give you an example. We're editing a book of mine right now, the old Total Money Makeover book, sold yeah. 10 million copies. We're working on a, a the haven't done a new issue of it in like a decade. We're going to do a new issue in the spring. So we're going through the stupid thing with a fine tooth comb, mm-hmm. looking at every detail and every uh, uh, statistic that's in there that's outdated. Right. And some of the examples we have from uh, 15 years ago, the home price examples are humorous. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they're hilarious. So we're going through and changing all that. So I'm not personally doing I read through it this mm-hmm. weekend. I read through the work mm-hmm. that our writers have done but the quality of their writing, we could tell by how much correction I sent back. Wow. You know? Yeah. And so how valuable is that 
young guy that's doing Nick is doing that writing in there pretty dead gum valuable because I didn't find a lot wrong with his his math was excellent that's excellent and he, yeah. he, he his ability to grasp what we were trying to say and saying it better within in a new world just modernizing it you know it was excellent I mean I, I there, there's probably uh, 800 entries in there or something like that of mm-hmm. changes and and I probably didn't touch 100 of them that's pretty wow, good that is pretty good you know I mean that's that that's exactly what you learn to do mm-hmm. I mean that's that's your world they don't teach you how to do that that's what I'm saying if she were to go back to school what she learns is already going to be outdated like she's going to learn more getting in there like you said getting around people who are better than her analyzing people's work that's better than hers former that, former writers coffee group that meets love that. meets for a bible study or for a a writers coffee group on Wednesday mornings before work and y'all mm-hmm. sit and judge each other's writing and up each other's games yeah and you know like a songwriters do it in nashville all the time oh yeah the number of people that write a hit song by themselves mm-hmm. is unusual it's very oh, yeah, unusual. it's always a group it's an, almost always i've got a buddy who i sat down and i had this hook and he added this lyric yeah and that melody shifted and i've heard that story from songwriters in nashville thousands and thousands of times over the years and and it's all there was was they good got in a room and made each other better yeah or if she starts freelancing, that'll tell her quickly because people aren't afraid to give you that feedback. Or if she's having trouble getting work, that would also indicate. So, Laura, all maybe. of this is not to correct you. It is to encourage you. Mm-hmm. You don't need to spend a dime on a four-year degree. I wouldn't. I would spend a ton of effort in getting better. I agree. All of you out there, the knowledge currency is what's important. Knowledge is the currency that gets you in the door, keeps you in the door, and moves you up the ladder knowledge so how do you move how do you get in the door move up the ladder you get more and more knowledge Mm -hmm. so you're always adding knowledge you're always adding tools to your belt the rest of your life if the last time you read a nonfiction book was when you were in school you're failing you're destined for mediocrity read a nonfiction book particularly in your area of expertise for god's sakes amen you know, lean in, learn something new, learn something new. Hey, when I started Ramsey, they hadn't invented the internet yet. If I hadn't learned something new, most of you 20 million people wouldn't even be out there right now. You have to learn something new all the time, every day, every week, every year. You got to get better. You're the answer. Knowledge is the currency, boys and girls, not degrees. This is the Ramsey Show. Jade Walshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. The Ramsey Show question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Neighborly is one place that brings together a nationwide family of locally operated providers to help you take care of repairs, routine maintenance, or home improvements. Go to neighborly.com slash Ramsey today and start your search. All right. Today's question comes from Addie in Oklahoma. She says, I'm writing because I have a bit of doubt about this situation. My mom wants to be a co-signer for me to be able to buy a property through an FHA loan since I will be a first time home buyer. I will be living in the property, but it will be divided and the other side will be rented. I was pre-approved for $325,000. My mom and the realtor we are working with are telling me that we that we have to put offers on properties at full asking price, but I'm concerned about this. I'm 23 years old. 
I only make make $36,000 a year as a medical assistant and currently owe $10,000 on student loans. Should I wait before I make such a big investment? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, let's look at some red flags here. Um, Number one, you make $36,000 a year. That's quite low. That's half of the national average. Yeah, that's that's quite, quite low. And you're wanting to buy a quarter of a million dollar house, over a quarter of a million dollar house, $325,000. The reason you feel nervous and the reason that you feel like you can't breathe because it's literally, like John Deloney would say, it's your body telling you there's something wrong. And when there's something wrong, don't ignore it. Let's look at what's wrong. And you can see what's what the problem is here. You understand that the only way that you're getting this loan is your mom would be signing for it. That means if you can't get a loan on your own, it means that all of the loan companies know this is a bad idea. You can't pay. And the only way that we mitigate some of this risk is we bring on someone who we think might be able to pay when you won't be able to make the payment. And in that case, this would be your mother. Um, And she probably thinks that she's being sweet for saying, oh, I'll sign for you. I want you to have this home. But that's it's a horrible idea because you know and I know that you're not making a lot of money you still have debt and the chances of you not being able to make this payment is high. Not to mention there's the renting side about this. It sounds like you are both dependent on a renter to live on the other side in order to make this payment, which again is creating a lot of risk. Yeah. This is a mess. Eddie. Don't do it. This is a mess. And let's add one more element to this. It's okay. You're going to be a homeowner. Yeah. You're 23. It's okay. You're going to make it. Okay. But your mom has been controlling this entire conversation. Yeah. And maybe it's time that you just said, Mom, you know, I love you, and I'm just not going to do this right now. And that's going to do a lot of things for you and your mom. One is is she's not going to get to control you with the purchase. She and the realtor are telling you what to do. Do you not hear that? It was very clear in the language that you used. You're you're being treated like a little girl. Mm-hmm. Like your mom's pretty, she may mean well, but she's pretty stinking controlling here. And she loves the fact she needs to co-sign. She loves the fact that you are dependent upon her because now she gets to tell you what to do even more. Mm-hmm. So you need to break free of mommy. Mommy needs to be a grown-up and uh, Addie needs to be a grown-up. Yeah, because and what happens? You need happens, to be separated from mommy and enjoy mommy as a peer, not as a controlling mother of a twenty-three-year-old treating you like she like you're thirteen. You're not making a decision in this entire thing. Every one of these decisions are being made by someone else and pushed upon you. Mm-hmm. You need to stiff arm this back, step back, breathe, get you a nice little apartment and a great life, and yeah. let all those people go do their little lives. And then when you get ready to buy a house, you'll be in a position to buy a house. Yeah, because only only two scenarios come of this. If she went no, through. it's bad. It's all it, bad. If she doesn't make that payment, A, her mom's lording it over her. I, it's, it's, she's, her mom's, her mom's going to tell her when she can take vacation because she co-signed the loan. I'm telling you. Yeah. This, I terrible. smell control freak a mile away, and, I, and I, I've got a good nose for it. Courtney's in <laughs> Oklahoma City. Hey, Courtney, what's up? Hey, Dave. Hey, Jade. How are you guys doing? Better than we deserve. Well, how can we help? 
Um, so, first of all, Jade, I'm a huge fan. I've seen your debt-free scream about 100 times. It's, it's fascinating to That's me. That's awesome. It's um, awesome. It is awesome. I um I am I've been married for twelve years. Um, my husband and I have three kids. We have almost a hundred thousand dollars in total debt, and we're on baby step two. Um, and when we pay off these small cards, you know that's that's great. That's a great morale booster. Mm-hmm. I would say it's it's easy, um, instant satisfaction. And we have some bigger balances that are coming up that I know are not going to have that 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 instant gratification. Um, so. What I'm asking is, how can I keep morale and encouragement with my husband and I in between as we come into these larger balances that we know are going to take longer and there's not going to be some instant gratification there? Yeah. What are what are the biggest balances that you have? We have two $20,000 cards and one $20,000 student loan debt. Okay. That's not as, that's not as bad as I thought you were going to say. What's your income? <laughs> Uh, we make collectively almost ninety ninety five thousand dollars a year. And um, at this point, how much are what well, like what's your margin going to the debt snowball every month? We can maybe put an extra hundred and fifty. He's working two jobs. I'm Wait a second. Jobs. Did you say an fifty? What dollars? No, girl. Uh-uh. Uh, ninety five thousand. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have told me that. That's <laughs> that's not intense. That's not intense at all. Well, no wonder you're worried about these $20,000 balances because that's going to take forever. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, it's, it helps more when they're the smaller cards because the smaller cards get paid off. Well, yeah. Well, it helps more because you're not paying anything on them. Right. I mean, we've got a $150 card. It works real good. Pay 150, but it doesn't work real good when you got 20,000, you got to put 2000, not 150. So he's actually active duty military. He's okay. an officer. We've had about almost our entire marriage in active duty military. Okay. And he's um he actually did the Green to Gold program so that he could become an officer. He was enlisted. That obviously comes with more income. Okay. Um and he gets promoted next week, so that's a significant Honey, more he makes ninety five now and you're only putting hundred and fifty. Why? Where's all your freaking money going? Uh debt that I accumulated from my parents. No, you Wait, have no, you no. already told yeah. us the debt, okay? Yeah. How well, much are you paying on how much are you paying to your parents? Oh, I'm not. I that's they took things out in my social security number. Well, why so would you pay like, it? That's called fraud. Correct. You're correct. Why would you I pay it? it? You don't need to pay that. File a police report and tell the police you know where the criminal is. <laughs> oh, I'm that's not, not kidding at all. Yeah. Right. Who steals yeah. from their own kid? That's a great question. What's yeah, the amount? People that go to jail. That's who it is. Yeah. What's the amount of that? Um, it wasn't, that wasn't very much, but it was probably about 10,000 of that. Okay. So let's just stop a second. Let me go back. You, you sidetracked me there with that ridiculous story of your crazy <laughs> parents. Um, the, but the deal is still this, you've got $95,000 coming in. That is not all going to $10,000 worth of debt that your parents took no. out in your name. Where the flip is all your money going? Uh, my car payments and other... How much is your car bills. payment? Uh, mine's $700. Okay, what's the what's other the car other payment? His is 900 Okay, There's sell the, the stupid cars. Today. Those are completely asinine. Who has $1,800 worth of car payments and calls with a financial trouble? I mean, sell your cars. Do you see how much quicker you would pay off your debt if you had that extra $1,700 freed up, $1,650 freed up? 
You are car poor. Have you got a Ford tattoo on your forehead? Do they own you? You should get one. They own you. Wow. And a Chevrolet tattoo on the other arm or whatever it is. Oh, my God. 900 and 700. We found your problem, Courtney. It oh, is man. cars. You guys got car disease. They sure do. Austin, we make sure they get the every Tahoe. dollar. Amputate the Tahoe. Shoot. Woo. This is the Ramsey Show. <laughs> Listen up. Trying to reach your money goals without a rock-solid budget is like trying to climb Mount Everest in ice skates. It isn't going to work. That's why we built the Every Dollar app to help you win with money. It's the simplest, most straightforward way to track your spending and give every dollar a job. That way, you can stop letting your money push you around and start reaching those money goals. Download every dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Donnie is in St. Louis. Hi, Donnie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, guys. Uh, Privileged to talk to you guys. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. Um, I'll give you the rundown here just in case you need all this information. Um, okay. I'm 40, going to be 47 next month. Mm-hmm. My wife and I recently married. We've been together for three years. We each have three kids from a previous marriage, so six t- kids total. Mm-hmm. Um, we are both debt-free. We are fully funded emergency fund. Um, well done. Right now, we are contributing. Um, I'm only contributing the bare minimum six percent to my retirement to get the match because mm-hmm. we want to save for a house. Um, the house we're living in is from her previous marriage, and it has more problems than you could shake a stick at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably going to be one of those as-is sell houses to cut that short. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the kids, we want to when the kids are growing, gone in eight years, we want to move, get a get a house that's ours. Um, Why don't also, you move before then? Know. Huh? Why don't you move now? Well, because we don't know if we would stay in Illinois or if we would go to Missouri. Um, it just kind of depends. Um, we have relatives that may or may not be here at that time also that would... I know, but, that. but why that's not, eight years from I would, now. Why, why would you stay in a house you hate for eight years? Well, we don't, we don't hate this house. We don't hate it. It's got more problems than um, you can shake a stick at. I thought I heard some guy say that. Yeah. Um... If you it's, sold it, uh, would it bring anything, or it would just be a break-even? Um, still owe on it. Um, still owe about seventy on it. What, what would it bring as is right now? Um, as not right now, it mm-hmm. might just break even. Okay. Okay. So you would get out of it, and then you would. So if you saved up a down payment in the next year or so, I would move. Okay. I don't, I don't want to stay okay. in a place that's not fun mm-hmm. for eight right. years. Oh, not for eight years. No, I don't want to do that. Move into something that's fun, mm-hmm. even if it's even if it's just around the corner, and it's just not broken. Yeah. I agree. Well, I mean, we don't. There's there's things that need to be updated on it, like the electrical and the plumbing, and you know. We I thought you were going to sell it as is. Those. Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying is wrong with it. I mean, yeah. It's livable. It's not like you know we don't hate it. Like we want to get out tomorrow if we could. Okay. How can how can we help? We'd like to move in. Um, well, the root of my question is um, the reason I put all that in there. Um, so I just started saving for retirement last year because uh-huh. both of us were in previous relationships that it was 
you know, you had the, the other spouse you're dragging along trying to do the day plane and they didn't want to do it kind of thing. But luckily we both found each other and we're both on board with the day plan. <laughs> okay. So um, the root of my question is, is for saving for a house, I know you've said if you are going to be saving for more than five years or more to do an S&P 500. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if I should, that's still the case because of how bad the market was this past year. Because The market was I not bad the past seen. year. Since January 1, the S&P would have made you 9.5%. Right. That's not bad. Uh, well, I mean, all my retirement has been bad this past year. I'm like down 7%. I don't know what you're invested in. Compared to, well, it's on Fidelity, and it's also the top uh, as far as life average return and 10 years average return percentages for small, mid, international, and large cap at yeah. 25%. I don't know what your, what your mix is that caused you to lose money in this in this calendar year. Okay. Shouldn't have, you shouldn't have lost money in this calendar year. You should have made money. Now you okay. might, you've lost money even, since July. It's gone down. The market's down since July, year. but since January one, it's up nine and a half percent. Okay, it was about even all year until the last couple months. Yeah, last couple months are horrible. Down. Yeah, yeah, the last couple months it went down. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's the only thing I've personally been able to see, and I see it every week because I constantly I get paid weekly, so I keep track of what I contribute versus how much it's worth. But my point is, is that you're making a statement about an absolute statement about the market that is absolutely incorrect because of the, because of the way you're watching it. Mm -hmm. And so based on that, you were getting ready to do the wrong thing. Now, if you want to leave the money alone for three or four years, the S and P will be fine. Uh, If you'd left it alone since January one to now, you would have made almost 10% on your money even though since July the market is down. Mm-hmm. And so I've got money parked in an S&P, and, but I can afford the up and the down. Even if you lost some money, it's not the end of the world in your whole scenario here. Yeah. Uh, if So if you want to use the S&P, as long as you can handle it, that's fine. But the way, you're, you, the way your brain's working on the market, I'm not sure you should do it. He should just put it in a high-yield savings account, and I want to call out if you're planning to have this money or save for the next five or whatever years, if you're planning to do your plan, I would not stay at 6% on your investing for that long, by the way. At some point, maybe after year two, I'd kick it up to 15% and save up for your down payment a little slower because I don't want you only doing 6% for the next five to eight years. And by the way, I just pulled it up for the fun of it. The S&P for the past five years is up 53.91%. Well, there you go. So that would be almost 11% a year. Love it. Okay, for five years. That's the average for five years. So um, the last five, as of today. Um, so, um, you know, but since July this year, the market is down. Sure. And because what we're seeing, is we're seeing the high interest rates under the Biden Fed. Uh, they're driving the housing market to a screeching halt, and it's affecting a whole bunch of other things. Retailers are really freaking out about Christmas. They're starting to worry that it's going to be a really slow Christmas. Um, Interesting. A lot of people barking about recession, but I don't know. We'll see. We're in an election year, um, coming up on into an election year, so uh, we'll see how this plays out. Well, but anyway, know people spend uh, all, anyway. all that to say, Donnie, uh, you have a perception of the market that is based on last week's paycheck. Mm-hmm. So if that's how you're going to measure it, you should not put money into an S&P. No, because you mess around and High yield out. savings account and then get your baby step four back up to 15%, as Jade said. Um, 
because you're not doing this short term. You don't want to be out of 15% in baby step four for longer than two and a half, three years. And what you're describing here is eight years. And so you need to be fully invested in your, uh, in, into good mutual funds in your retirement. Do you think he was trying to save up and pay full out cash for a house? I don't know. Cause I'm like an eight year plan. That's a aggressive. I don't know. Um, they've done really well. Yeah. Uh, but the, that old house represents a bunch of stuff. I don't like personally. Mm-hmm. Ruth is in Macon, Georgia. Hi Ruth. How can we help? Hi Dave. Hi Jade. Um, the reason I'm calling in is because my husband and I have been on base step two. Um, not as intense as we should have been. We're kind of starting to pick it up, but I'm due with a baby in six weeks. And y'all have always said to, you know, when you get to that point, pump the brakes and just save up. Yeah. So that's what we're doing now. Um, but, you know, come January after she's born, barring any complications, we'll start back in tents again. Um, no, intense so for the first I, time. Well, yeah, intense for the first time. Okay. Uh, we, we still had a reduction this year. It just wasn't where it should have been. Yeah, but, that's um, not anyway, intense. Yeah. Anyway, so um, my question is, I owe about 22000 left on my car. Um, so it's at about the point where I could trade it in for about twenty five right now or sell it for around thirty. Um, or by the time we played off paid off and if we stick to the snowball schedule, I've ran all the numbers multiple times and it always comes out to April twenty twenty five. Um yeah. Sell it and buy a seven thousand dollar car. Yeah. Yeah, because where's at the point where it's like, you know, we want something that's dependable. Seven thousand dollar cars are dependable. What about your husband's yeah. car? Um, he has a truck, but it's almost paid off. Yeah. Um, I want something that's he, dependable as code for I don't like the car. <laughs> All these cars right. are dependable. $7,000 cars are dependable. There's nothing wrong with a $7,000 car. If you pick the right car, you have it checked out mechanically. Mm-hmm. You don't buy a piece of junk you know, because you just look like the way it looked or something. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, actually check out the mechanical background. There's lots of really good cars for seven grand really nice cars and so yeah i I would sell that puppy and be out of debt there's no way i'm fighting with this stupid vehicle for three years no way no chance no fun at all in that scenario ruth so yeah baby comes i'd be selling that car and uh don't you ever say i need something dependable again Mm -hmm. it's just not true this is the ramsey show Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Michelle and Tyler are with us in Las Vegas. Hey, guys, how are you? Good, how are you? Better than we deserve. What's up in your world? Uh, well, I am calling in to get your advice. Um, my, hus- my husband and I um, bought a house a couple of years ago, and um, I am in the mortgage industry. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a mortgage loan officer, and I was earning about eight times what I'm earning today um, back in in 2001 uh, 2021 when we bought we bought the home and then the crash happened a a few months later yeah so we've gone we're at a negative um 12 grand a month in our from our expenses versus our uh income Mm -hmm. and i've kept a year-to-date tally um since january of this year to current 
Um, and so those are exact numbers. And we are at an interest rate of 2.625 on our mortgage. So really good rate. Um, and we have, um, we have about $400,000 in stock and we have about a million and a half in retirement, which we don't want to touch. Mm-hmm. And we have, um, m- minimal in, in savings and checking, you know, maybe 30 grand. And so, um, we have borrowed about a hundred thousand from my parents. Um, and is, is that how you're floating the 12 K a month loss? Um, that was to help and also make sure that we were able to pay on our um, insurance premiums that were due in April of this year. We have, um, uh, we have just to keep on our savings plan of that, as well as keep up, you know, help keep afloat. And we ended up getting a car loan, which we, we don't ever, we normally don't have car loans, but we ended up financing a car loan at 5.24%. Why would While you buy you were, a car when your income was off 70%? Because um, our uh, car was, the lease was up and the payment was quite high. And so we were, and we also, okay. what, we what is your, a, what's your home worth? Uh, three and a half million. Okay. What does Tyler make? Tyler, what do you make? Um, uh, he makes 300. 300. Two, three. Oh, his exact monthly income, the net is 30,948. Okay. And, and you and, guys, have, uh, where is all of your money going then? Because you're ho- you oh what on the house? Uh, two about two two million one hundred and sixty four. So what is your house payment? Um, eleven thousand four hundred, and, and he's bringing home thirty thousand. So why are you burning twelve? Where's it all going? Um, it is going to private uh, school. Uh, What's tuition? It's going, is forty three hundred a month? Yes. Okay. Where's the rest of it? Um, savings with our our insurance premium, grocery twenty two hundred a month. Savings. Oh, so you you have a super expensive whole life plan. Right. That was started um, nine years ago, and our tenth payment, which it, it's a ten pay, was due in April. So yeah. we don't have to pay that. Yeah, again, you can cancel you know. that, and you should. It's a piece of crap to start with, but um, and that that stinking thing's what five thousand bucks or something. It's fifty four sixteen a month. Yeah, wow. you do. Yeah. So you're um, borrowing money has, from your parents to pay a whole life plan. Is well, six thousand so dollars of your twelve yeah. burn? That's an easy fix. Mm-hmm. Go get some term insurance and drop that garbage. Cash the cash have, value out and pay your mom and dad back. How much cash value have you got? So we have four hundred thousand cash value on that, and, and you have four hundred thousand in stock also. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Cash wow. that crap out. There you go. Why are you? You've got these assets. Turn around, and borrow from your parents. Why not use the assets? Well, agreed. Um, we have a loan already of 185,000 on there. Okay. So you're only going to net 200. That's okay. fine. You can still clear. Well, up. No, that's an addition. The 400 is an addition to that. Um, and Good that God. if I borrow against it, then if you I cancel it, you're going to walk out with all the money and get rid of the expense. And it is a horrid investment. 
this is what's killing you. You have two major symptoms in these numbers, Mm -hmm. your loss of income and this horrendous investment program. Well, the 12 negative. The third symptom is, is, is you've not cut your lifestyle because you're used to living on seven, eight $800,000 a year, and y'all are still acting like that. Agreed. Um, and I don't, I am, I want, a, I, I put together a budget. I, I, um, I, it's just having the, the family follow it. So are you going to, um, are you going to do what Dave just suggested? Are you going to cancel this whole life? And are you going to clear out those stocks and are you going to pay back that loan to your parents? Before we go further, I just want to know if you're going to do that. Well, if that's what you're suggesting that I do, then I, that's why I'm calling in for advice. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Um, I'm suggesting you the, stop all whole life policies immediately. They're a crummy place to put money to start with. If everything was healthy, I would suggest that. I sure as cred wouldn't be borrowing from my parents to pay a whole life premium, which is if essentially what you've done here. Um, and well, I sure as crud wouldn't have bought a car when I'm so broke I can't pay my bills mm-hmm. on payments. I would have bought a car I could pay cash for. I would have cashed out enough stock and go buy a car. Mm-hmm. You don't need more payments. You've got problems. So you're, you're increasing your burn rate every time you do that, not decreasing it to turn the corner. So, so what you do in these situations is you button down the hatches. The hurricane is here. The hurricane is temporary. We don't know how long it's going to be on shore, but right now we've got 60 and 80 mile an hour wind coming at our house. And, and it, whether it's here for another year or whether it's here for another six months, you and I don't know. I pray God your income comes back next spring because that means the real estate market has started to come back. And this ridiculous economy we're sitting in with these interest rates has started to reverse and go the other direction. I hope that for America, and it certainly would be great for Michelle and Tyler. So, But I don't know how long the hurricane's going to last. But right now you've got a burn rate that you can fix. You do not have to have a burn rate. Cut your freaking lifestyle. Get rid of the whole life policy. Get rid of the car payment. Cash out enough stock to do that. Mm-hmm. And get your look at your family and go, boys and girls, we don't get to live like we used to live. We don't have the money. And you and your husband be grown-ups and sit down and go, we have to live on less than we make. We have a brave new world we're in. We don't make 700000 We only make three sixty now. Wow. And we're going to have to figure out a way to make it on that for a little while. Your house is not your problem. Your house is great. I'd sit right tight in your house, but I'd cut a whole bunch of other stuff out of your life now, right now, and get rid of this burn rate. And then you can wait. When it comes back up, you can have some enjoyment stuff again. In the meantime, you guys need to find beans and rice back in your budget again. This is The Ramsey Show. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey trusted agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey trusted agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Keyshawn is with us in Atlanta. Hi, Keyshawn. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. What's up? 
Well, just yesterday, my father asked me to help him buy a house. Um, mind you, my father's 61. I live with him. Um, and How I feel old like are you? Is really, I am 22. Whoa. Yeah. Why are um, you living with your dad? Well, right now at this moment, well, during COVID, um, I found a mentor who taught me a skill digital market online, and I managed to turn it to a career. I make $86,000, and I sat down with my parents when, it's first, when I first got my first job and told them my ambitions and what I wanted to do. And they were fine with me just staying home as long as I paid uh, the light bill. And when they said yes, I was like... Uh, it's three years you. ago. What do you make? I make $86,000. Why are you living at home? You make $86,000. I, I plan on moving out this year. Good. Like, so was, like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You make $86,000. Go have a life. So what's this got to okay, do with your Okay, now you dad? live on your own, and you're 22, and you have a career making $86,000 because we just moved you out. Now, we've got that settled. Now your dad wants you your help buying a house, but you don't live there. So why does he want your help buying a house? Because he can't buy it on his own? No. My dad, um, my dad, all his life, they've been living check to check. He's like, he's, um, just to give you more context, he's rent, it's like, $600, but he pays $1,000 in car payments. He and pays $1,000 in car payments? Yes. Between two cars. That That's why he's he living paycheck to paycheck. Okay, keep going. And um, so with all that and the things that he's told me in passing, I feel like what he wants to do would actually hurt him yeah. more so. Yeah, and I, I agree. And it's just, I don't know how to from from the financial things and things that I've learned consuming, you know, your content and other content shit, I feel like homeownership is like not like a like a real thing currently for him. And like I don't know how to frame. Well, if he's well. asking Here, you, he's not asking you for financial advice. He's asking you to sign on the line to help him get a deal. Now let's change this. Okay, let, let's talk about this for a second because there's two different emotional situations with your dad. Emotional situation number one is you live there. Emotional situation number two is you don't live there, mm -hmm. which is what I'm recommending. Yeah, because once you move out, the obligation that you, you feel— You don't have any obligation. Then. It goes away. Then you're sitting down with your dad and going, Dad, I love you, um, but I, I, I can't participate in you buying a home because I love you. I think you're going to bring harm to yourself until you get your financials cleaned up. And I can show you some of the stuff I'm learning if you want me to, if you don't want me to, and it'll help you get your house. But if you don't want me to, I understand. And, but I can't help, I can't participate in you buying a house because I think it's going to bring you harm and I love you and I don't want to bring you harm. Okay. That's a lot harder to say when you live there. Mm -hmm. Hey, is he going to be pissed when you tell him that you don't want to sign? Oh yeah, for the loan? definitely. I don't, I personally don't think he's very prideful. I don't think he's going to be pissed at all. Okay. I, like from what he's told me that he has saved, like from all the years that he's worked, he's, I, he does, I know for a fact he doesn't have the cash for a down payment. Yeah. And I'm afraid that he's going to make a stupid decision and pull from his retirement. Yeah. And he, he might. And he's got, well, and he's got a, he's got a car payment that he needs mm -hmm. to get, he needs to get rid of that. He needs to build an emergency fund. He needs to save a down payment, whether you're 26 or whether you're 66, those same things apply. And that's what I would tell him. And I'm almost his age. I'm actually mm -hmm. older than him. So, um, 
you know, the I would say young man. <laughs> well, the thing you have to accept is even if you frame it the way Dave so eloquently put it, even if you come to him, you say all those things, he still might go and do something stupid. You can't And it's keep likely it. with the way he's been living his life in his age, it's likely that he will continue on that same path. And, and if he doesn't, you've just got to. And hear this. It's not your fault. No. His behavior is not because of you. Okay. Okay. You, you helping him do something stupid or him doing something stupid on his own is that, you know, he does something stupid on his own is not your fault. You mm -hmm. helping him do something stupid that's bad for him is your fault. And you've identified that, you know what that is, but it's very difficult for, for you to tell your dad who is 40 years older than you. No. Mm -hmm. It's emotionally hard to do that. It's doubly hard to do that when you live there. Right. Dude, when you move out in your proximity to, to all this changes, you will be shocked at how little you think about this. Well, but right and, now and, and it's right under he, your nose. You know how he, it changes the level of obligation. Yeah. You have an obligation, an emotional obligation, toxic though it be, to help your dad. Okay. You have a, uh, a double obligation to help your dad if you live in his house. Mm -hmm. Right? You follow me? Mm -hmm. Both of those obligations do not bind you to doing something that harms him. Mm -hmm. And we're all three in agreement that this is harmful to him. Yeah. Buying a house when you're broke, Keyshawn, is not good for you. It causes you to get broker. That's why we call them brokers. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. I mean, you've heard me say that a thousand times. And so I want your dad to get a house, but I don't want his house to get him. And I sure as crud don't want it to get him and his newly successful young son. I'm so proud of where you are, and I don't want you to get chopped down as you're in a growth spurt. Yeah. This is going to chop you down, young man. Don't let it do that. And and your dad doesn't mean to do that, but he doesn't know any different, and he's just flailing around, and he thinks buying a house is going to make everything better, and it's not. It's going to make everything worse for him, and if you get involved, it's going to make everything worse for you, and you're on a roll. You need to rock and roll and go get you a place like this week. This yeah. week, man. Go yeah. get you an apartment this week and set you up a life and get yourself strong. And then if you've got a big old huge pile of money and you got a million dollars and your dad is 82 and he never changed his ways and he's still broke and he can't buy groceries, you can afford to buy him groceries. Dave, I feel like there's been a theme all three hours of Golly. parents, parents just messing up. It's parents stealing money from their kids. It's parents taking out credit in their kids' names. It's parents wanting them to co-sign, whether I co-sign on that loan with you or the kids co-signing on the loan with them. It's just parents, parents, misbehaving parents. Yeah. So if you guys want to label this particular episode for YouTube, it's called misbehaving parents. Yes. What happens when parents misbehave? Man. Well, let me tell you, you screw your kids. You do. That's what happens when parents misbehave. And they put, they have to go back. And your job in life should be to do the opposite of screw your Man. own kids. It's yeah. just, it's sad. The energy that they have to put in to unravel all of this 
whether it's having to call credit card agencies or, you know, call the bank or call the police and say, no, it wasn't me that spent the money. It was my dad or no, it was my mom. It's unfair. A, a criminal stole because stealing someone's identity is fraud. fraud. It's a federal fraud if you do it with credit yeah. cards. It's fraud. And if it was anyone it's criminal else. Criminal fraud. It's a crook. If someone does it in Russia and they steal your identity, we go, oh, the Russian mafia is a bunch of crooks. Mm -hmm. If your own dad does it, you go, well, I'm paying it, it back because my, my daddy stole my it's identity. Family. No, your dad is a freaking criminal. He's a crook. You need to file a police report mm -hmm. on it. Isn't that crazy how we'll let our own family treat us? And you wouldn't I dare ever let somebody on the street treat you that way. Okay. I know that's Man. right. If it was anyone else. Misbehaving parents. Misbehaving parents. Misbehaving parents. And some with just out-and-out -out malice. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it causes the kids to question their... She sold his lawnmower. I can't even get my head around that. I know. Her 13-year-old, I know. Wow. This is The Ramsey Show. Do you listen to The Ramsey Show for motivation? You want to know what's even more motivating? Attending a Ramsey event, the ultimate motivational experience that's fully focused on helping you eliminate money stress. Join us for the Total Money Makeover Weekend on May 10th and 11th in Nashville and leave money stress at the door for good. Podcast listeners use the code 50OFF to save $50 on standard level tickets. Get yours at RamseySolutions.com slash events. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Caleb is with us in Indianapolis. Hi, Caleb. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave and Jade. How are you? Better than we deserve. What's up? Uh, so I'm 23, and I just got married a month ago. And uh, my Congrats. wife and I have been building a plan. Thank you. Um, we would be on baby step four to six, but I'm trying to decide how do we best invest as a new married couple. Well, as a new married couple, if you're on baby step four, five, and six, then you would just work the plan as it is. So you would invest 15% of your income. Of your every household, month. household income. So we're currently investing 10 to 11 in our separate Roth, or our Roth through our jobs. Uh -huh. um, and then we have extra money on top of that that we could build that up to 15% uh -huh. or start putting towards a house fund. We don't own a home yet. I'm trying to decide, is it best to put that towards a house or with the volatility of the market right now, store that away in stocks and bonds? You could, I mean, you could definitely do them both at the same time if you're like, hey, I want to invest 11% and put, you know, what X amount towards a down payment. You could do that for a little while. I wouldn't do that long term. How long do you think it would take you to save up uh, a reasonable down payment? Mm -hmm. um, so we actually have uh, a lump sum on top of our three to six months that we could either put towards the house right now yeah. or throw into uh, different savings accounts. What's the lump sum? Uh, we have $35,000 on top of our three to six months of, uh, it's actually a six month emergency fund with a two month working capital fund. Yeah. Way to go. You've That's done good. a great job. Yeah. yeah I, I don't have any problem with you continuing to build some cash for a little while, mm -hmm. but probably in the next uh, 12 months to 24 months, you're going to buy a house. Mm -hmm. And so let's pile cash, a stack, a stack cash until then on top of that 35 put down a good, strong down payment, 
in 18 to 24 months Mm -hmm. and uh, then then kick your baby step four up because you'll be done with baby step 3b which Mm -hmm. is what we call saving for a down payment on a house if you didn't know and um Mm -hmm. then uh then that sets you up for you know back up to or then you would get up to 15 percent of your income going to retirement at that point so did you say that you have roth 401ks is that what i heard yes yeah, so I split mine between a pre-tax and post-tax account, um, whereas she puts all of hers in a pre-tax fund. I would put it all in post-tax Roth IRAs. Yeah. You have Roth available okay. or post-tax? Uh, it's a Roth uh, 401k. Yeah, if it's Roth, you I need, to do, it all you need to do all Roth. So after you guys both max those out, are you saying that there's still money left? Yeah, he's saying 11% is yeah. going in there. And he's saying and we are currently putting about fifteen hundred a month into our different retirement accounts, and then based on our current budget, we are storing away an extra twenty five hundred a month on average. Yeah, good I'm for you. That's great. Put that towards the house. That's another Thank thirty thousand bucks in a year. Mm-hmm. So that puts you um, sixty five thousand so down payment to, a year from now. If we were to split it, would you recommend throwing it into the mutual funds that you guys discussed? Nah, you put that into like some sort of bond ladder. Neither, no, I wouldn't do either one. I just go high yield savings because you're going to do it in about twelve months. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get a high yield savings because we're not trying to make a bunch of money on this. The money that's going to be in this account is coming from your pocket, not from interest. Okay, okay. I mean, the amount of interest, physical interest that you let's say you make ten percent on sixty thousand, you made six thousand. If you make five percent on sixty thousand, you make three thousand. Neither one of those numbers causes you to buy a house. Mm-hmm. The number is 65000 because you put 65000 in there, not because the bank added three or six. You follow me? Okay. So yeah. your rate of return in a short period of time, like a 12-month window, is almost irrelevant. Okay. Mathematically speaking, you know, and so you can get caught up on, oh, a bond ladder or, you know, a series of H or do I do the, <laughs> do the S&P? It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter because you're not in there long enough for it to matter. That's right. Because again, twelve months from now, you're going to be sitting on sixty-five, seventy thousand bucks with a down payment, and you're going to buy a home on a fifteen-year fixed where the payments no more than a fourth-year take-home pay. Dude, you're in charge. That's awesome. I love it. And then he's going to be putting his whole fifteen percent to his Roth four hundred one ks. Love it. It's great. Yeah, and if those if those are maxed, then he can go over to regular personal Roths mm-hmm. in good raise. mutual funds and still get to fifteen percent once right. he gets the house purchased. Bellamy is in Washington. Hi, Bellamy. How are you? Good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Um, I had a vehicle, and it's now I can't. My mom can't afford it anymore, and so I'm going to buy my first vehicle. And I'm going to keep this vehicle for five to seven years. And so I didn't know what a good applicable down down payment or amount that I should have. How old are you? I'm 20 years old. Okay. And, and I'm much- currently in college, but I have no student loan debt. All my family wanted me to get a loan for the last 3K this year, but I said no, and I'm paying for it myself. Great. I'm proud of you. Good work. Do you have any money at all for a car? Um, I told my mom that I needed till December because my last school payment is in November mm-hmm. and it's the last bit is going to be a thousand dollars. Um, so I told her I needed till, um, December to start 
saving and then I told her the latest I would be would probably be February because I have to start after that saving 10 grand. And can she let you drive this car until then? She said that she would, um, that that would be okay. Okay. So by February, how much money will you have to buy a car? I'm hoping to have at least five grand. Good. Buy a car for 5,000. Okay. So I shouldn't do a loan or anything? No. Last thing you need is a car payment. You're broke. Yeah. I mean, you got, you're barely nipping and tucking and getting this, doing double backflips and twists and everything else and getting this tuition covered. I'm proud Way of you. Way to go. Add, add a car payment to it. You might not be able to make that. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the last payment in November, and I'll be completely student loan debt free. And then That's I great. want to, and then I have a little bit of a gap until next October mm-hmm. until nursing school. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I wanted to kind of build that 10 grand. Yeah, good. And so we don't need a car payment. We need to build ten grand. Yeah. The car payment gets in your way of doing anything you want to do in this life. So get you an inexpensive $5,000 car or however much money you have by February. If you got more, you can spend it all on a car. I don't care. But um, now let me ask you this. Your mom has done this car deal. Where's your dad? My dad lives up in um, Bellevue, Washington. Does he know? Um, do you have a good relationship with him? I really, uh, we're we're good. Like I guess we're friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> does he, does he know anything about vehicles at all? Um. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he can help you, or someone else can help you. But what I would suggest, well, um, what I would suggest you do is you look for a car that is not pretty but it is very reliable and has low miles and has a lot of life left in it. So I don't care about the sex appeal of this vehicle. As a matter of fact, it might be the kind of vehicle you need to give a name to. Mm. Old Blue. Old Big dirty. Red. Mm-hmm. Bertha. I don't know. Let's give this car <laughs> a name, but it's, it's, it's the dinosaur. It's the thing that's reliable and everybody kind of snickers about the way it looks. Because Bellamy, you ain't picking up boys with this car. You're living life. I have a I have a boyfriend, and we remodeled an RV, so I don't have any rent at the fair. I just have to pay four hundred dollars for a spot, and we're twenty and twenty one. Okay. Well, so my my point though <laughs> is that you you need to get a car that's reliable, and that you don't care what people think. That was my point. Okay, and <laughs> I'm sorry that was funny. What we're at, so she doesn't have to worry about getting boys in this car because she's already got some. I know I already got that covered, Dave. <laughs> Dave, you kind of. I think I. I think I missed. Uh, I lost that one. Okay, <laughs> this is the Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Ephesians two ten. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Kimmons Wilson said, every once in a while, a new technology, an old problem, and a big idea turn into an innovation. Kimmons Wilson, by the way, founder of Holiday Inn. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Robert is in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Robert. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello, Dave. How are you doing? Thank you for everything you do. Thank I'm you. I'm proud of got to speak to you uh <laughs> i read your books i recently a friend of mine uh put up 
put them on and getting our Reddit. Thank you. Uh, and I'm a retired military guy and just recently retired, served 26 years in the United States military, Air Force, Marines, and Navy a little bit too. Thanks for your service. And I've been trying to kind of figure out where do I stand in your kind of the baby steps, so to speak, because I've been doing things as a military kind of guy, a little bit out of step, so to speak, because of the fact that we moved so much and, you know, couldn't buy a house and all those kind of things. So as of now, I'm like, you know, my kids graduated from college, both of them. Great. Uh, both of them took on a little bit of student loan, so which you said not to do. So I'm trying to help them through that. You know, mm-hmm. they're kind of trying to find their way to work now. I have some debt, but I'm in my second job now. I have pensions. My wife is also a retired military person, too. So she has a pension, too, as well. And she's working, too, in her, her, her dream job, her second retirement job. And I just don't know where I, how to deal with you know working debt and where I stand in as far as what should I be applying to baby step-wise. So you stand uh, just where everybody else stands. The only thing is you have four sources of income going into your budget. Two military okay, yeah. retirements. Thank you for your service, both of you. And two jobs. All going into all going on the top line of your budget. That total dollar amount is your monthly budget, and then you okay. apply that monthly budget to living and making progress on the baby steps. How much debt gotcha. do you have? Oh, forty k in a car for me. Another wife has sixty k in a car. Just bought a house for five hundred k, and I've got about forty five k in credit cards. What's your household income? Uh, I've got, well, I've got 300 plus in TSP. No, I household about, income. Oh, household income. Now, what's your two, two, retirement, what's your two, two retirements jobs. and your two jobs add up to? Uh, including my pension, my disability and stuff, about 310K. Great. All, uh, that's all for, that's two jobs, you and your wife and you and your wife's income. Yep. That's her job, my job, my uh, retirement, which I get now her retirement and uh, my disabilities. And what is, she gets retirement, right? Yeah, she gets she gets, she gets hers in about three years. So hers is oh, like so she doesn't have an, she doesn't have military retirement coming in yet. Okay, so, so you got three hundred ten thousand dollars income, and you got one hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt. Yep. What would happen if you lived on one hundred fifty of that and paid the rest off in debt in, in one a year? year? What was that question again? What would happen I, out of that three hundred ten thousand dollars income? What if you decided, you know what, we're going to live on $150,000, which, by the way, is more than double the median mm-hmm. average income. What if you decide you're going to live on 150 and take the rest of it and pay off your debt and be debt-free in 12 months? That's what my goal is. I've kind of got one of those apps and looked at your kind of every, like what your budget app is to try uh-huh. to say, just pay my debt. Just, I can live off my pension right now, period. Yeah. And just use my working money well because my working money is like 200k of my job i'm a physician okay i paid off 260 of medical debt i mean for my student loan so one thing is like should i be using my working money just to pay you should be using every dollar you can squeeze out of your budget to pay off your three debts your two cars and your credit card debt and you cut up your credit cards now you don't have any payments but a house payment you make 310 mm-hmm. that's pretty sweet mm-hmm. and now we're in a position to build an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses baby step three baby step four is 15 percent of your income going into retirement and so we're going to add to your retirement income by creating an actual nest egg not just a pension a pension is fine but it dies with you mm-hmm. and so um uh, so you need, in addition to having a pension, you need to build a nest egg. Uh, 
And the great news is you make a lot of money, and so you should be able to build a substantial nest egg. Build some wealth, man. Become wealthy. Now, since he has that pension, would you still have him invest 15%? Yep, absolutely. 15% until we get the house paid off. When the house is paid off, we don't have to worry about the kids. They're done. Baby step five is X through it. And then uh, baby step, then get the house paid off. And when the house is paid off, we just build a big old pile of wealth and create a big old pile of generosity and a big old pile of enjoyment and all of that. That's what this is for. So, again, thanks, thanks for your service, guys. You've done a great job. Now let's clean this mess up. Cindy is in Cincinnati. Hi, Cindy. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? <laughs> Well, um, I'm 66 years old, and um, I own three houses. I went through a divorce a few years back, mm. and um, sorry. Um, anyway, I ended up with three houses. Actually, oh. I ended up with two houses, and um, uh, I continued working. And my son lives in one house, uh, and he has four kids, single dad. And I rent that to him and let him take care of that house. Um, so then I ended up moving out of the house that I was in and bought my neighbor's house right next door because mm-hmm. it looked more of a retirement home that I wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. And I had been fixing up the other house, uh, but I kind of got into the Airbnb business to bring in some income while I was fixing that up and to help, you know, do some renovations. Mm-hmm. So um, I make about 50000 a year off the Airbnb, and my job, my day, do- my day job that uh, I'm at is at risk right now. I'm afraid we're probably going to file bankruptcy. Mm. What so, do you make there? Um, about uh, $98,000. What do you do? So uh, I'm in purchasing. Okay. All right. Among other things, I'm the jack of all trades there. Yeah. <laughs> Last so man, really last man me, standing. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's hard. <laughs> I've been there thirty-two years. Oh, so, wow. Um, wow. Been there a long time, and I've got a GED, so I'm blessed that I have what I have. So, How old are you? Um, sixty-six. Sixty-six. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, what's your question? Well, um, if we file bankruptcy, I owe two hundred and seventy thousand uh, on two of the houses, and I'm thinking about taking my four hundred one part of my four hundred one and paying everything off. Is how much happens? is in the How much is in the four hundred one? Seven hundred thousand. I would. So, the other thing is, I could, but I, I rent the Airbnb, and if I keep that house, I could sell that house. You can. If you'd rather have the four, would you rather four hundred one k or the house? Um, the house doesn't mean that much. It's just it's got a good income of about three to it's four to thousand you. a month. It's, which one would you rather have? I don't care. But if you're going to keep the house, pay them off. Well, I can't keep the house. I, well, I pay them off as I, you know, as I, the income that I come off of the Airbnb. Yeah. Pay them off. I mean, I'm paying that down. Yes, you ask now. if you should take the money out of the 401k if you get laid off and pay them off. Yes, you should. Okay. Because you've still got question. plenty of money in the 401k and you got three paid for houses. The only thing that's left hanging in the air is I have this sinking feeling that you're really not charging your son much rent at all, like $50 or I'm something not. stupid. No. <laughs> well, okay, no, so when is your son going to create a sustainable but... life for himself? Uh, I ask him that every time. <laughs> Well, every, every time, month, every time you don't make him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he is definitely, um, it's a sore subject for sure. Yep. Yep. 
and uh, it's that's costing you more than this all, all everything else we're talking about put together because you got a big yeah. old pile of money tied up over there and got zero return on it except what it's going up in value while he lives there and probably doesn't even do the maintenance well. He does do the maintenance and he does help me on mine. So there is some pluses to have him there, but I've got four grandkids, so you know, I could ask him to move, but I, you know, I choose to uh, not just so they have a place to live. Mm. Darling, they'll have a place to live. <laughs> Yeah. You're not making yeah. your grandbabies homeless by making your son be responsible. Yeah. That's just not true. Don't tell yourself a lie. That's not true. It's it's it is time for him to move up the ladder in his life. I'm worried about him right mm-hmm. now. I kind of think he uh, he he needs a little bit of uh, a callus or two. Mm-hmm. Just just listening in, just listening in and loving you. Hey, thanks for calling in. That puts us out of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm George. And you've probably heard our voices before on The Ramsey Show. And do we have a surprise for you? Yep, we have our very own show, Smart Money Happy Hour, where we talk about pop culture, current events, and of course, money. George, it's a great show. And what else do we talk about? So much, Rachel. Not enough, and yet too much. We talk <laughs> about guilt tipping, because tipping is out of control, and I won't stand for it anymore, which is why I'm sitting. I'm glad you're taking such a stand. And or we also talk about something else I'm passionate about, Disney adults. Oh, George. Why is it a thing? Listen, some adults still find the magic. Sure. We also talk about toxic money traits and girl math. There's and if you a- don't know what those are, you have to listen to the podcast. Yeah, there's a lot there, you guys. It's pretty fun. We keep you relevant is what I'm trying to say. We help you out. So pull up a chair to the happy hour you wish your friends were having. We promise you won't regret it. And if you don't have friends, we'll be your friends. We will. We're great friends. So make sure to check it out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or the Ramsey Network app.